Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, my name is Karina, and in this podcast, Break Fear, Find Freedom, I have conversations with people just like you who have broken their fear and found their freedom, whatever that may be. And you, and shows you how to do the same. So sit back, relax, grab your coffee or your running shoes, whatever makes you happy, and let the fun begin. Oh, by the way, come take my hand and let's go. The door's opening now. Hello, everyone. Today, um, it's Karina again, by the way, Break Fear, <laughs> Find Freedom podcast. <laughs> and um, today we've got the awesome Dino Miliotis again. Hello. And hello, Dino. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Um, we were talking a bit about... Um, addiction before we started this uh, the podcast today and I'm feeling that maybe it's a very good topic we can talk about um, now uh, about addiction and how it manifests in your life and how and it's not only alcohol it's all a whole lot of other things Um, and also it's probably appropriate to coming on to um, the festive season so what sure. Do you think? Well, sure. I, you know what? I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a great um, time to talk about something like this. Um, um, and actually, I'm going to explain to you what recently happened to me. So this is just a perfect segment. But um, especially around the holidays, right? Um, yes. And it happened to me uh, the same way. Um, it even I even wrote it in my book where. Um, you know, it's 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 around the holidays. Christmas movies are playing. I'm alone. I'm in the house. I'm isolated. Uh, I'm clean and sober, but there's nowhere to go. There's a COVID lockdown, and I'm just like, oh my god, you know, what do I do? And then, like, anxiety took over, and um, you know, the old feelings that uh, obviously you you remember. Yes, and yes. Uh, you know, I was tempted to have a drink, and it was only by I'm going to say the grace of God. Um, okay. You could call it a high, higher power or whatever you feel more comfortable with that I didn't. And I found purpose and I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I decided to write a book to to not only help myself, but to help others, um, you know, it was therapy. It was therapy. And, yes. and so, I mean, I didn't have an urge. I didn't have anxiety. I didn't have all those weird feelings that I was going through. Um, now I'm 500 days sober, Karina. Oh, congratulations! That's yeah. pretty Ooh. cool. But you know, when <laughs> <very> when, <laughs> when I was one day sober, I thought 500 days was a long time. And yes. now that I'm 500 days sober, I know that that's not a long time at all. Okay. <laughs> and yes. um, I don't think there's really any anybody in recovery that um, can be an expert because this 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 just happened to me. Okay. For no reason. I mean, 
you know, I, yes, the holidays are coming up and there's, you know, a few things weighing on my mind, but certainly, you know, look, I'm on a book tour, we're doing podcasts, everything should be fine. And, um, I started feeling sluggish. I started feeling kind of like down and and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a doctor's appointment and, uh, in the lobby of the doctor's appointment, I pass out. Wow. I felt cold, cold shivers. And uh, like almost like tunnel vision, you know, where it's narrowing. (laughs) I'm like, there's no way I'm going to pass out, am I? And I'm like, well, if I pass out, at least I'm in a doctor's office, right? Well, right. (laughs) I mean, how else, you know, and uh, I remember I was telling the receptionist, do you have any juice? Because I thought maybe my blood sugar is low or something, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't. I just had apparently a flat out panic attack, passed out there in the, um, uh, lobby. And then the, thank God it was attached to a hospital. And then they took me into the ER mm-hmm. and they're like, well, what are you feeling? I'm like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. So they checked me out. Uh, they checked out all my vital organs. I will tell you that they said that my liver was perfect. I'm like, huh, are you looking at the right liver? <laughs> you know, but apparently these things regenerate. They regenerate, yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but but it was just weird. It's like, oh yeah, your liver's perfect. I'm like, this is this is me. You know, you know, who you're talking to. But um, five hundred days came, clean, though. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, everything: uh, kidneys, pancreas, all all the things that alcohol uh, uh, should and does attack. Yes, were, yes. were perfect. So, um, you know, what does that leave your mind? And now this is a really tough thing because I'm being the biggest advocate for recovery, right. And starting a new life and not being afraid and all that stuff. And, you know, it's a wonderful business life that I've had, but, you know, even I, even I can't, um, overcome sometimes what, what goes on in your head, you know, mm, mm, mm. Um, and, and it's a tough thing to, 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 to wrap your head around. Okay. So um, what I've done, and, and this is just recent, so I'm not going to say like, oops, I'm cured. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the, you know, I, I've, I've, I've gone to counseling sessions, obviously they've uh, set up medications, um, anti-anxiety and stuff, and it's adjustments. It's not a perfect science, but, yes, um, yes. you know, it gave me a lot of time to reflect Karina. And, and so look where, where I thought that, um, alcohol is just something that you pick up maybe peer pressure or whatever, or drugs, whatever you're doing. And, um, and then slowly it's the drugs or it's the alcohol that grabs a hold of your life. I mean, a lot of aspects of that may be true, yes, but I'm yes. starting to believe that maybe addiction, there's an underlying cause mm-hmm. for addiction. And I'll be, at least speak for me. I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to go bold and just say that there's usually an underlying depression mm-hmm. or an underlying anxiety that um, sometimes we overlook. You know, I, I I got to do some soul searching, you know, because yes, yes, yes. when I'm talking about a panic attack, you know, I want to be honest and open with with your viewers, because I think, look, if I'm going through this, somebody else is going through this yes. and, um, and and it's all about helping each other. Right. Mm, mm, so I'm mm. not embarrassed about talking about this, 
but um you know you wake up in the morning and you're just like it's just just not fear not fear like your show break fear mm. terror um, sure, yes and i don't know why i i i just have no no uh, understanding of it yet okay mm -hmm. so it was like that so imagine that you know obviously the pills the medication it does help and it kind of lowers it but um like we talked about before the show um you know i i i agree with you that drugs are just kind of a band-aid aren't they Yes, um, yes. Well, the, the, yeah, the anxiety tablets help, of course, because they help you continue. But if you don't find the root cause of your of your fear, of your terror, right. you, you, you're just going to continue with this the same cycle. And the and you can continue with the tablets and you can continue with the with it with the legal with the, the drugs, the medication. Right. But what happens is um because you're not dealing with the root fear or whatever it is, it could be a minor thing that, that caused the, the addiction in the first place, you might find that you start using the, the medication and start getting addicted to that anyway. Right. So right. It, it, you're back into in that cycle because you don't know what caused it. So if you exactly. don't know what caused it, you can't heal it. So it is. It's a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid on a Band-Aid. It is a Band-Aid. And the thing is, is that your body um, gets used to it. Yes. And so the doses usually go higher and higher. Yes. And next thing you know, I mean, I'm the last guy that you want to see in a coma like this. You know, I that's not me. Yes. And a lot yes. of these medications that are anti-anxiety medications, they Obviously, they have to bring you down. They have to yeah. lower your heart rate and everything and make you calm. But at the same time, when they're making you calm, it always says warning may make you sleepy. No kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so how are you supposed to function? Um, this is just my take on it. OK, yes, but I started yes. thinking about um, about certain things and I can trace my thoughts back to when I was seven years old and you're going to get a kick out of this. OK. So when I was, uh, I, I grew up again in a, in a, in a Greek household, yes. um, very religious. We always went to Greek Orthodox church and, you know, obviously communion and all that. Mm -hmm. And um, I had this fear of uh, what happens when you die? How do I know I'm not going to hell? How, how do I know yes. I'm going to heaven? What is heaven? Um, can, 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 you know, my, my grandfather who passed away, can he see me? Can he see me in the bathroom? You know, just crazy stuff that go through, I don't know, every seven-year-old, but mine. Yes. And, yes, um, yes. I was, I, I wanted answers, but I, I was afraid to ask my father because like I said, my father was really, really strict mm -hmm. and, um, and it was, I mean, it's embarrassing, right? Uh, my mother, on the other hand, who never really kind of got involved in those things, she would at least be somebody who can listen and be patient and kind of offer some advice. And yes, so yes. I decided that I was going to ask my mother, but I needed the right time, a time where my father wasn't around, my brother wasn't around. It, was, it had to be just the perfect timing. Yes. And so this perfect time wasn't happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I keep getting more worries that I wanted answers on. So, so, so here's what I did. So I wouldn't forget my worries. I mm -hmm. grabbed a piece of paper and I started writing them down. Okay. Good. 
Yes. Worry number one, worry number two. Seriously, that's yes. what I said. Yes. Worry number yes. one, worry. <laughs> and um, and I fold the paper because you know I had to keep it on me at all times because obviously, what if mom goes in my uh, my drawer and finds it? What it you know she'll find it and I'm not ready yet. So yeah, I keep yeah. it with me the whole time. Well, months went by. Mm-hmm. And more worries were added to the list. And I never had that perfect opportunity to talk to my mom. So what happened? The paper started getting tattered. And I had written all my worries in pencil because kids use pencil. They, I didn't use a pen then. Mm-hmm. And so they were starting to get faded. Yes. And so here's another worry. What if my worries get erased from this <laughs> piece of paper? How am I going to remember what to ask mom? This is a true story. And I forgot about it. I've forgotten about it. Okay. I'm 56. This is seven years old. I forgot about this part of my life. And so here's what I did. I started memorizing my worries. (sighs) Okay. Okay. So I've memorized it. And then every day, several times a day, I test myself. I'd be playing out in the backyard with my brother and our uh, and our friends. And then I'd be like, hang on, um, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And I'd run up the stairs. I'd go to the bathroom. I'd close the door. I wasn't going to use it. You know, it was, mm-hmm. okay, worry number one, da-da-da-da-da, worry number two. <laughs> and I went through the whole list. It got to 101 worries. 101 worries. And then... I think I was like eight, maybe almost nine. Mm, mm. I never got that chance to ask my mother. Um, and suddenly the worry stopped. Um, you know, I was probably focused on a different period in my life. I think it was, uh, um, you know, right, right after sixth grade. So it was a change of school, um, different friends, different environment. And it just kind of went out of my mind, right? Mm, mm, mm. Then in high school, in high school, um, freshman year, I was really, really good in school, even though I hated it. But um, I just found efficient ways to study and just kind of like, you know, I could read a paragraph out and I'd understand it. But still, it was how much time it'll take for me to finish my homework. And can I do homework during a break in school so that I didn't have to do it at home? And then I could watch my favorite TV shows, MASH, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like that. Just weird stuff to think yes. about, right? Yes, yes. But um, I remember pulling my friends, and I don't know why I forgot about this too, but, you know, I'd be walking down you know, uh, a hallway with my friend and I'd say, Hey, Hey, listen, listen, I did my history (laughs) (laughs) during break. So all I have to do at home is math and science and I'm done. And they're like, why are you telling? (laughs) You know what I mean? They were, (laughs) they were good enough friends to just kind of contain their composure. But I mean, to anybody else, you got to look like a psychotic, you know, I mean, seriously. And it would always start with, hey, listen, listen, you know, and I, I tug on their shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just crazy. Who does that? So, Sorry, so, I've just got this vision. No, it's no, really no, but, but it, it, it's true. It was just like that, too. Hey, listen, listen, you know, um, that went by the wayside, you know, and, that, and, and then obviously, you know, right towards the end of high school, you know, I had three jobs. And then after high school, I started 
business. You know, I owned yes, my first yes. business. I was 19. Um, I don't think those things are, um, I'm not going to say normal. I mean, everybody worries about stuff, but I don't, I think they're unusual circumstances <laughs> that most people don't do. Like if I said, Hey, uh, you know, you, you were seven. Oh, you got the 101 worries. They'd be like, Oh, what are you talking about? No seven-year-old has 101 worries that he memorizes and then worries about a faded paper. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's out there. So, um, you know, later on in my adult life, obviously, you know, obviously I'm, uh, 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 I'm a legal age and, uh, uh, you know, you have friends, they offer you different things. You dabble mm -hmm. if you choose. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I always envied, even in the beginning, I always envied the people that I would go out with and we partake in, you know, whatever and, and, and alcohol. And then the next day, uh, you know, they'd get up and say, oh, wow, the, you know, that was that was a crazy night, but they'd be fine. They wouldn't want another drink. They didn't need anything to keep them going. And they could go a week, two weeks without it, and mm -hmm. they're fine. But me, from a very early time, I remember that warm feeling. It was almost like a comforting feeling, the alcohol going down. And my body would be telling me that I needed it. I needed mm -hmm. it in times of stress or struggle. So um, I can't remember anxiety from the time of legal age till the time I went to rehab, which yeah. is many, many years. And I'm sure that I probably suffered from anxiety all my life uh, in one form or another, yeah, but it was probably. just masked by, by addiction. Mm. Right. Yes. So uh, it, it's it's something more than just the the alcohol or the drugs. I'm starting to believe. Yes. Uh, well, what do that, you think? Uh, that's what I think. I th well, if you look at it, just off the top of what I feel, right? I mean, mm -hmm. um, if you look at it when you were saying, "Hey, hey, hey, look! I did this. I did that. I did the other." I mean, it's it's really very funny if you think it about is. it now. But then it's just this little boy who just wants like someone to acknowledge him, right? It's just yeah. like, please acknowledge me. Look how good I am. Look at look at what I'm doing. And being a, 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 a from a um, from a Greek family, I mean, I am Italian, but I've had a lot of Greek friends, and the, the father's always very stoic. He doesn't. He right. just, I mean, like, I um, mean, you can, um, from my experience, I mean, you, I'm not saying he's very stoic and he doesn't show any emotion. And right. he, he can't say that, well, that's a good job, you know, because, but even as even the Italian fathers, they can't say, it, hey, it's a good job because they don't want to give you a big head or whatever. I mean, it's just, just the way they believed it was the way they were grown up. Exactly. So uh, you didn't have that. You just wanted that acknowledgement. So with when you started drinking, it was like you became part of this group, right? And right. it was it was you were part of something. So you wanted to be part of something, and and the alcohol kept you together. And you were saying something about um, you were saying something about your your friends. Um, you would you 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 were jealous of them or whatever because they didn't seem to have that problem. But you don't know that. You don't know. They showed you that. But what really happened in their lives behind closed doors, you don't know that. 
you know what? That's, you know, that's a good point. That is true. That is true. It's just, um, um, I, I envied the ability to start and stop anytime you want. Yes. I mean, but you right? didn't know that they did that. You don't know no. what they were doing. They could be drinking at home and showing you a different face. Right. Right. Because that's right. what alcohol is, has got so many faces. That's 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 true. That's a good point. I mean, look, uh, uh, alcohol is a disease, I believe. Uh, I believe it's triggered by something. I just yes. don't think that alcohol alone is the end all be all. I mean, there has, you know, people that are susceptible to to drugs and alcohol have some underlying conditions, you know, yes, yes. and I'm starting to find out like like we talked about, I mean, that, that, um, you know, there's, there's this high anxiety. Then I start thinking about my, my family, you know, my mm -hmm. dad, by the way, was a school teacher. So not only was he Greek, but he was a school teacher. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, uh, he, he had a whistle for school and he'd blow it all the time. Now all the kids remember that damn whistle, trust me. Okay. Uh, he was very strict and this was in, a a private school where they still hit kids with a, a yardstick on the, on the knuckles, which today Ish. you probably go to prison for. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but anyway, that's, that's how it was. So there's no way that I was going to confront my dad and say, Hey dad, I want to talk to you about this. I mean, you know, he'd probably like, I don't know, you know, I, I'm sure later on in life, you, you find that, you know, your father had a sense of humor and he was jovial and he had love and all that stuff. But during the time that I was growing up, I think a lot of ethnic fathers, uh, my own especially, felt that the more strict and and stoic you were, yes. the the that was the time to, you know, set a foundation for your kid. I think a lot of parents think. Yes, that way yes, yes. You know, so they where, wanted the best for you, right? So that they could yeah. guide you. They didn't understand any better because that's how they were brought up. And again, I mean, just think about it. What if I said, dad, I'm afraid. And he'd say, you know what? I am too. You know, he's being <laughs> honest, but how is that going to help me? I'd be like, oh my God, if he's afraid that I should be really afraid. You yes, know? Yes, um, yes. So, so there's some psychology to, to how people parent. I've parented um, the same way too, you know, because you learn obviously. From, yes, of course. But um, you know, so this is a very, very new thing uh, for me, Karina. And I will say that it, uh, it uh, in the beginning for me, I'm just like, Holy crap, you know, I'm the guy who just wrote a book. I'm five, 500 days sober and I'm going to talk about this. I mean, can I go on the air? Do I look good? I mean, do I look terrified? I mean, you know, a lot of things uh, today. This this show is um, uh, morning, right? Yes, and yes. normally uh, I found, you know, this last week, my anxiety is really, really high in the morning, but I just wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone and see what I can do and be honest about what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? I'm feeling pretty good right now. You know, um, there's still a little tension there, but every day is getting better. And that's yes. always been my philosophy uh, for, for life, you know, for business and, and life. So mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get through this and um, 
But what I do want to say is that if it's um, a lifelong type of therapy that is required, or this is just a temporary thing, I'm prepared for either. Um, as an example, I mean, you know, you don't, you don't expect somebody who has diabetes, you know, hey, one day you're going to stop, you know, taking your <laughs> insulin shot. I mean, so it's, a, it's, yes. it's generally a lifelong thing. Mm. By the mm. same token, one has to come to terms and expect, you know, understand that um, if you're an addict, if you're in recovery, this is a lifelong thing. It just doesn't magically one day just shut off and you and you yeah. feel good. Yeah. There's times that um, it's going to be hard and you may not even know why um, it's hard. And mm. like like we talked about, this is the holiday season next week. Is Thanksgiving, right? Yes. And then everybody yes. starts with the decorations and the family planning and, you know, yes. all the festivities yes. and, and then comes Christmas and then New Year's, if that's what you celebrate. Um, you know, it's um, for a lot of people, you know, you automatically think that, well, this is a great time. It's time for family. It's time for giving. It's time for love. For a lot of other people, it's a very terrifying time right it's mm, de mm. it's depressing uh you may not have family um you 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 may um you may see everybody else celebrating and you're just like oh well i can't drink so i'm not fun i mean you know, whatever your deal is yes, i think yes. this isn't uh aren't the holidays the statistically the worst time of the year for um uh, suicides. Yes, yes, um, yes. And, um, and this depression. is when when suicide rate is so much higher. Well, that, that's the statistics. So what I was thinking now, uh, maybe we should have a um, open up like a, a group where um, people. So I have got a group. Um, it's mm -hmm. called uh, Break Fear. Obviously, um, fine from from um, from trap to freedom. But perhaps what we need, what we can do is have a support group within the group. So if someone's feeling down or whatever, they can come in um, because it's a very safe space and just hang out and um, there'll be support and we can chat to each other and hold each other um, for this time. If anyone's interested in that, that might be um, a, some kind of solution for now, because there's a lot of people that are alone and a lot of people that are afraid. And maybe if they've got one space to just say, hey, you know what, I'm afraid. I just need someone to hold my hand for a bit, even if it's virtually, obviously now it's virtually. Um, perhaps we can just hold a few people and just give them the support to get through this difficult time. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, um, you mentioned um, virtual and uh, I'm not a big fan of virtual. Yes, I think yes. that what we're doing now is we're communicating and we're interacting, but it's, it's like night and day difference with the face-to-face. -face. And I don't yes. think a lot of people interact face-to-face -face anymore, which I think is one cause uh, where, where people can get sad. It's, it's under the category of isolation. Yes, Even yes, though yes. we're talking yes. like this right now, we're still isolated. Um, you know, thousands of miles away from each other and, yeah. you know, basically looking through a computer. And I know that's efficient and effective, but there's something missing. Yes. Um, 
The other thing that I noticed too, and I'll I'll be the first to say this, right? Um, I'm not big into the social media thing. I, I never was. I never understood it. Now I have some um, mild exposure, you know, because of my book and my website and everything. And I'm yes, appreciative. Yes. But what I started doing is I started looking at these social posts, you know, people I'm following and people that follow me. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not making fun of anybody, but but in, in my opinion, you know, these posts are just a, supposedly the, the perfect version of yourself, right? I mean, you're going to take a picture and you're going to post it. Normally, everybody looks all dolled up and they look great <laughs> and everything, right? They don't want to take a bad picture. Exactly. Uh, exactly. If, if they're going to go and they're going to see a beautiful landscape or a sunset or mountains, they're going to take the best photo to right. post with the best saying, right? And so I think over time, what's happening is people are looking at everybody as if they have these perfect lives mm, mm, mm. Um, that aren't always perfect yes and and that's another big thing what's happening as well is people are are comparing themselves and then that's the worst thing you can do if you compare yourself to everybody else that depresses you because everyone looks so perfect out there right but you don't know anything i mean a lot of these people it's all a show and really their lives I mean, i'm not saying i'm just saying it's possible that their lives are broken, but you don't know that. So people need to understand that and realize that the only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself, right? Yeah. Your own yeah. self and your growth. And um, that, if, so, if, if you can understand that, then that helps as well with the loneliness and the, the isolation. And and like you were saying, of course, the contact, the physical contact is something that we must, we be humans, we need that, Right. Right. And right. physical content is uh, is is also a big thing because yeah. people are so afraid. You know, for us, for me, you know, I'm, I'm Italian. Well, you hug to say hello, right? That's what you right. do. You Greek, right? Or right. whatever there's, you there's are. Just when that's kissing, the way. There's hugging. Exactly. There's, that's um, the way. So now that talking people... <laughs> at the dinner table. I mean, you know, yeah. It, it, you know. Yeah. And I remember my my wife first being introduced to my Greek family. It was Thanksgiving years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, why is everybody talking louder and talking? In Greek? <laughs> Are they mad at each other? I'm like, mad. this is just the way we talk, <laughs> you know, but it's very unusual for an outsider looking in to see that. Right. So when you're raised with a lot of interaction, a lot of love um, and, be, and, and being so social, and then you go to something like Zoom was invented, obviously, before the uh, 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 COVID um, yes, yes. Stuff, right? Yes. But it probably, I, I haven't looked, but I can imagine that it probably went skyrocketing yeah. uh uh as you know during the lockdown and in ongoing. I mean, yes, people are yes. talking right now that you know we may have some form of COVID and you know, whatever for years to come, which I hope isn't the case, but let's just say it is. You know, this is just completely separated people from each other. Yes. Um, yes. And even when you're together, it's not the same. Um, but but it's not just uh, Zoom. Um, it's it's also the phones. You know, people express themselves with a picture, an emoji, instead <laughs> of expressing their feelings. Right. Everything's kind of um, 
uh, all the words, the language is condensed and, you know, whatever. And it's, it's not lazy. It's an efficient way that people are texting each other and stuff. I get it. Now I do anyway. But, um, <laughs> but it's Emerges just, are fun, though. Come on. You yeah, can, they you can they are fun. But it, it, it's a condensed <laughs> version of life. In other words, it gives you yeah. X amount of feelings that you have. And then you have to select one feeling of this category where maybe you have a feeling that's not even on the damn list. <laughs> You know, yes. who, who knows, true. True. you know, but, but again, I mean, um, all of these factors, I believe, uh, compound, um, it's, it's not just one thing necessarily. It, mm. it, it mm. compounds now, you know, luckily for me, when this happened, um, even though I, I didn't have a drink, I will tell you that I had all the feelings vigorous 500 days after yeah. vigorous feelings of like if i took a drink this would go away like yes. right away my head is telling me this and i'm like why would i want to drink I, I, I haven't had one for 500 days how how's my body telling me this what what's wrong with it you know because you think like when you stop drinking you know the physical part after a certain amount of days it's out of your system if it's out of your system, how can you still want it, right? <laughs> because there's uh, triggers, right? So obviously, whatever whatever's triggering that that uh, so something triggered it with whatever happened. And you mean you don't really know what it was, but if you knew what triggered that, then you would understand and you could avoid that trigger or look at the trigger and say, "Hey, let me learn from this and see how I can bring this into my life with, as a blessing." and change it so that I do, I'm not triggered and I don't want the alcohol or whatever it is when that right. happens. But it's, it's not usually an obvious trigger, right? No, no, like it's not. What I noticed is it's not always like, hey, you're, you're a recovering alcoholic. Here's a bottle. <laughs> no. it, 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 you know, and you think, oh, well, if I see a bottle, you know, you run or you say no or, you know, whatever. It's never that obvious. It's little things you might have. Um, a disagreement with somebody. You may have some kind of conflict. You may smell something that takes you back yes. years. Yes. It, it could yes. be anything, but all these things just kind of, I mean, the mind is just a wonderful thing, but it's also, if you don't know how to use it, uh, it's, it, it, you know, it could, it could run you. Um, yes. Yes. You know, and, and so you got to be very, very careful. I am uh, not ashamed uh, or opposed to counseling or or going to a psychiatrist. I think that, especially now, um, it's it's become more. Thankfully, it's become more accepted, mm, widely mm. accepted. But but imagine imagine um, you know for a minute a strong-willed person like me who's gone through so much adversity throughout his life and faced so many challenges, um, sober or, uh, you know, drunk, uh, mm, I guess. Mm, mm. And, and all of a sudden, you know, when you think you got life licked, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you're just like, Oh my God. You know? And the first thing that I was thinking about is how am I going to get on Karina's podcast? And, you know, like I'm terrified. <laughs> but then I started thinking about it as, you know, maybe, maybe this should be something that we talk about. Um, 
it's helping me, believe it or not. Uh, uh, but it's good. But but can we can we just safely assume that I'm probably not the the only person going through this? This probably happens a lot. Yes, probably. What's your experience? Probably, probably does happen a lot because there's, I mean, a lot of people, why do you, because you, you will go back to your friends that you were saying that they could drink and they'd be okay. But a lot of people can drink and they are okay and they, they don't have to go back because it's not triggering anything. A lot of people like me, I can't drink. I'm terrible. I'll have half a glass of wine and I'll be under the table, which is could be a good thing, right? That's because, a great thing. Right? Oh, no, that's a great thing. <laughs> so I'm the cheapest date ever, right? <laughs> but but then you get other people like uh, my ex-husband who'd have a bottle of wine every night um, and he didn't, he wasn't lucky enough to realize that and he died of um, cirrhosis of the liver. Oh my so gosh. there's... You know, there's, there's everybody, everyone has something. So if you, they could just be aware of, if people could just be aware and just get one thing out of this that would change their lives or change their perception, it's beautiful. Right? Maybe it's recognizing um, that there are triggers. Yes, you know? there are, of course. Maybe it's, I mean, be, be, because the thing that made me feel good even through this tough time was you know, again, you get symptoms that you don't understand. So you're thinking in your head, am I becoming a diabetic? Is my blood sugar going low? Is it too high? Is there something wrong with my thyroid and the hormones are (laughs) misfired? I mean, you think, you think doctor stuff, you know, because of course I'm a learned doctor. I stayed at a holiday Inn express once, you know? Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) uh, But, but they took all those crutches away from me when they diagnosed me. I mean, they checked everything because yes. I told them, I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Yes. You don't understand. Yes. I, I, I'm feeling this way. I can't explain exactly how I feel, but there's something definitely wrong with me. And, 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 and it was after the third visit, the third visit that they did a complete checkup mm-hmm. um, and, and they found nothing. They found nothing except whatever's going on in here, okay? And and so the symptoms didn't go away. Um, you know, they were still severe at times and, and not others. But uh, in my mind, I kept thinking, you know, you know there's nothing physically wrong with you. You know this is only in your head. So I'm not going to get a heart attack. I'm not going to pass out. I'm not going to have, I don't have diabetes. I don't have high blood pressure. My heart's not going to stop. My kidneys are working fine. You know, so you keep going through this reasoning in your head. Mm. Um, and, and, and it's a funny thing. You notice that the anxiety would go down. Mm. The anxiety would go down. And so, um, you know, there's a lot to be said. I mean, the, the you know, for a guy who has mastered a sales talent all his life and uh, has overcome obstacles and, you know, has been per, pretty much a punching bag a lot of times and just worked through it. This is a new experience for me. This is a new experience for me. But um, you, can, you can beat it, though. Yes, I, I or you know can, I can. Or you can transform it and change it. Now, I, I just want to ask you something quickly. Sure. Um, what about doing alternative stuff, right? 
Okay, so you're very practical. You're a salesperson. You 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 like black and white, right? But you're not really. You've got a you, you, you've we, we've we've gathered as we've spoken, and you you've shared your story. You're very intuitive because that's a lot of how you work, right? Mm -hmm. And you connect with people on a feelings basis. So right. What if you start doing breathing exercises and you do meditation and you start those kind of things? Um, how will that make you feel? And I think, maybe you should start it and we test it. Yeah, I, I think that that is part of the process. And the other thing that I said to myself is that, um, look, I, I, I like these tours and um, virtual stuff, virtual magazines, you know, virtual uh, podcasts, and I get something out of it. But um, I, I am going to engage more um, with people. Um, yes. Yes. I, I think that's that's something that we're missing. You know, I don't have a family here where I'm staying. I mean, in, in fact, I came to this house to write a book, um, and then after the book, promote it, um, thinking that I'm going to go out on tours and meet people and stuff like that. But quite uh, a surprise to me is that it's a different world. I mean, you yes. may see the Hollywood celebs, the A-listers and stuff like that. They're like, well, they're on talk shows. They're face to face. I'm not a Hollywood celeb. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. And so, you know, I, I, I'm an author of a book. I'm trying to help people. And so my interviews, my interaction has been really virtual. Yes. So really I'm still isolated. That isolation works on you, especially if you're in recovery. Mm, it works mm, on you, mm, right? Mm. You have to be able to share your story. You have to have some physical contact. You have to have that purpose greater than just doing a podcast yes. or, or or a radio show or a TV segment and something like that, right? Mm, mm, of course. And so um, God works in mysterious ways because here's the thing that I didn't tell you till now. I mean, I'm still I still have anxiety and I'm getting over it and everything. But Good. just when one obstacle comes in your way something beautiful comes of it yes. um yes. which is um which is this you know i um when i when i did the book um obviously it covers two things in it if you if you're like me with the categories and stuff one <laughs> is uh, a life with addiction Mm -hmm. The other one is a life of challenging obstacles and overcoming them for business, right? Yes, yes. And so um, on, on, you know, daily podcasts and stuff, you know, there's very few podcasts. Yours is one that we can do this, but there's very few that want to talk about both. Uh, they, they, they either want to talk about the addiction or they want to talk about business. Yes. And so yes. I noticed that um, I was getting a string of uh, interviews where it was solely business, principles of success, keys to success, how you became this, how you, and that's fine. I'm really good at it. Mm, mm, and um, you start believing in your head that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a business authority, you know, I'm helping everybody in business. So, you know, forgetting about, the addiction part. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, when I was at my lowest point and what I, when I decided to write a book, I mean, there was a clear sign from God 
um, that, um, you know, I said, please, please don't help me not to take a drink. This is very, very wrong. Uh, you know, show me. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.